This is the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. Here are your hosts, Caroline Gonzalez and Ashley Amos. Welcome into the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez. I'm Ashley Amos. And we have a packed show. It's our last show, Ashley, um, unfortunately, but it's been a it's been a fun season. We're going into the off season now, so it's definitely been fun. Uh, we have some great guests for everyone today. We have Ryan Palmer, who is the winner of the Zurich Classic, as well as John Rahm, his partner who won the Classic with him. Um, we also welcome on Regis Progre, who won the WBA title, first world title for New Orleans brought back to New Orleans in 54 years. Um, so a lot of things happening in Louisiana this weekend. Ashley, you actually had a pretty big big weekend yourself. What would you do? Oh, well, I was obviously here with you, Caroline, uh, with the Saints um, running around the Super Bowl. That was oh a lot gosh. of fun. 10,000 yes. pounds of crawfish. Um, and then I actually got to make it out to the Zurich. And um, it was it's such a cool event. Yeah. You know, it's so unique to New Orleans. And we talk about just the walk-up songs and the beads and tripod the gator walking around. It was gorgeous weather. Couldn't have asked for a better better scene uh, for this uh, last classic here. But, um, yeah, no, it's great. And it was great to get to see a guy like Ryan Palmer, who has obviously ties to the organization, uh, win, win the Zurich Classic. Yeah, speaking of winners, let's get to his interview now with Ryan Palmer. Ryan, first of all, congratulations. Hey, thank you. Yeah, what, a, what an amazing day, amazing week. There in New Orleans, um, you can't end a better week without a win. So, uh, very special, very emotional, and um, man, it's, uh, it's been exciting since. Yeah, you guys had some nice weather for the most part. You did have one day of rain delay where you actually ended up coming to the Oshner Sports Performance Center. You hung out with Sean Payton, old friend. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your relationship with Sean Payton and how that started? Yeah, um, I'm not sure. How long ago it was? They just won the Super Bowl, uh, probably a year or two after that. Maybe they, he was living here in the Caro and here in West Lake Texas, Colleyville area, and he was commuting back and forth. And then uh, we just we met on the range one day. I I noticed him over there, and I was hitting balls, and we just kind of we was introduced by somebody else, and we started chatting. And next thing you know, we had a beer that night at the club, and you know we hit it off. Uh, had a few concerts with them, and just kind of became real good friends and traded numbers, and kind of the rest is history. Uh, we've uh, we've grown really close to each other. He actually caddied for me in a golf tournament cool. on the Greenbrier Classic a few years ago. Uh, he loves telling the story because he talks about how hard it was on him, and, uh, <laughs> how his feet were hurting, and he needed three arms instead of two to carry the bag and the umbrella. So. Uh, he talks about how miserable and hard it was sometimes, but <laughs> it was a blast. But yeah, and it's pretty cool to to be a part of you know, the Saints through him. Uh, he had us out to Green Bay one year for the Green Bay Saints game, and we were on the sidelines and everything. So, uh, a very special relationship. Ryan, the Zurich Classic is a kind of a unique tournament. Um, obviously, y'all had those walk-up songs, uh, Louisiana Saturday Night, and I think was Choppa Style even played at one point uh, when y'all are coming up onto the course? We talked about playing Choppa, Choppa, I think what it is, but we never yeah. did on Sunday. But, yeah, Louisiana Saturday Night was, our, was a hit Saturday. Uh seemed like the fans got into it. I wanted to play the the Saints Anthem song, the Who Dat song, but uh, – we weren't allowed to on Sunday, oh, so no. uh, I had some fun ready for the fans. 
you had a partner, uh, John Rom. What was his initial reaction? I mean, he's from Spain. So what was his initial reaction when he heard Louisiana Saturday night for the first time? I can imagine it was uh, a little bit of shock. Well, I kind of <laughs> called the audible about five minutes before you're we walking out. And I just thought it just dawned on me. I thought it was a cool song to play for all these people. And he was like, I don't really care. But he was let me listen to it first. And so I, we pulled it up on iTunes, I guess, and he listened to it and got the beat and goes, yeah, cool, that works. <laughs> <laughs> so now we walked to the song, and you can kind of see the reaction of the folks. They loved it and were dancing around, so uh, it turned out pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of how you have to do it with that song. You just kind of have to drop it on people and just hope that they like it. <laughs> yeah, get with the beat. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, Ryan, so you partnered with John. Um, I just was wondering about y'all's relationship a little bit. So how did this even come about? I mean, this guy's from Spain. You know, he's he's come over here and played in some tournaments. But how did you uh, – how did this partnership initially begin? Well, I've known him for – I think we met in 15. He was mm-hmm. a, he was in college. And, um, you know, we played together at the Phoenix Open. And that was our first time we played, and uh, we just became um, kind of hit it off. And uh, he came and played my charity event here in Dallas, Fort Worth, and uh, we were paired together a few other tournaments. And I'm real good friends with his caddy, Adam Hayes, as long as James, my caddy, is. So um, I knew George Spieth wasn't playing this year, and his cat, his partner from last year, was hurt. And so I just shot Adam a text, you know, picking his brain team. It's something that Adam, that John would want to do, and. He thought it'd be great, and so I just I texted John and just kind of asked him, "Hey, would you be interested in playing with me and going at it at Zurich?" And um, we checked the schedule, and he didn't waste any time to respond. And uh, our games are so good together, and uh, he's had such a good start to his career out on tour. You know, he's won every year on tour so far in his three years. But our games are so alike, and um, man, they just they they gelled together so good this past week, and. Um, and our score showed it. You talk about your games being similar. Um, obviously, you, you've made a change to your putting game. Uh, you switched your grip to, I believe, the flat cat. Can you explain what that is? I actually brought it up with my dad, and I was like, what is this? And he, he was like, I'm not sure. And he's, he's a golfer. So um, can you explain exactly what that, that grip has done for you? I, I think you said you went from the 195th to top 15 um, with your putting game. Yeah, no, it was a... I put it with the same putter for most of my career, and it just three, you know, two years ago, I just it was going south really fast, and I needed something different, and I started clawing a little bit, just trying to work on it, and um, I was working with Randy, my Smith, my instructor, and we were talking about the claw, and he goes, "Here, this grip is designed for this, so let's put it on and try it." And it was the flat cat grip, and we got it on, and it just felt comfortable. But you know, just, so a year and a half in the making, this this putting has. I've been working, you know, tirelessly at it, trying to get the the feel, and um, you know, it's finally starting to to show uh, the work I put into it, and you know, the confidence I've I've grown, I have now with it is uh, is starting to show, and um, you know, I feel like I can go out now and and play some great golf, knowing that I have the confidence in my putting, and uh, a lot of work paid off. Absolutely, absolutely. You look at um, so. Can you tell me what exactly so there was something with Skittles, Skittles for birdies, Skittles? What exactly? <laughs> what exactly came to be? I know I noticed on the your uh, press conference after you won that there were Skittles everywhere. So what exactly was that Skittles connection? It was. It just happened. We were 
joking around. We were playing with JB and Bubba, and they were doing something after they made each birdie, and we were just joking around with them. And I was thinking it was on Friday we made a birdie, and Adam he was he had skills in his bed from eating them. I guess he enjoyed <laughs> some candy, but we made a birdie somewhere, and he goes, "Here, have a skittle. That was a great birdie. Let's go." I said, "Okay, sure." Had a skittle and made another birdie. Give me another <laughs> skittle, and I was like, "We like perfect." Birdies for Skittles, let's go. Skittles for birdies. <laughs> and uh, every day I made sure you had a bag of Skittles. I said, make sure you, you load up because we're going to make a lot of them today. And uh, it just kind of took off on its own. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, y'all were eating those like it was a steak dinner in front of you at that press conference. It was pretty funny to see. Oh, yeah. That's, um, a lot. That's hard to chew those if you put a lot in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> They're chewy. They stick on the teeth a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, Ryan – Obviously, Sean Payton is an intense guy. Anyone in this building knows how intense Sean Payton can be. But you get to see another side of him that not necessarily we get to see or the fans get to see all the time. What is Sean Payton like out on the golf course? He's he's he's, he's serious about what he's wanting to do, and he's, he's he's really intense and wanting to get better at the game of golf. But um, man, he's, he's giving. He's not a. I mean, he. he Rarely will say no to anybody, and I can't imagine what he's like on the football field. And I've, I've kind of seen a little bit when that one Green Bay game, but you know I see it when I watch him on TV. But you almost have to be in that in that sport and what he does. But he's one of the nicest nicest guys you can meet off the golf off the gridiron, that's for sure. And uh, he's he's calm, happy, having a good time on the golf course, and uh, he always likes to, to try to get in in the pocket. He, he, maybe he thinks he's better than he is. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> he, uh, we had a lot of fun in the pro am every year. You know, we, we, he makes sure that we play together in the pro am, and uh, we kind of have a little wager every now and then on the golf course. But I always try to give tell him, look, let me give you at least a little help. You know, a little handicap. He wants to play close to the, close to the pin. I said, I'll give you ten feet. Goes, no, no, no. I want this. I want this. Like, okay. I've never <laughs> known uh, Sean Payton to bet on a golf game. That doesn't sound like him at all. <laughs> But the good news is he pays his bets. That's good. That's good. That is a good thing. Uh, what was your reaction when you saw his video mimicking Phil Mick- Mickelson? Oh, that was classic. He couldn't wait to show it. <laughs> uh, it was, you couldn't. They couldn't have done any better. Uh, talking about hitting patrons. That was um, that was priceless. Uh, yeah, it's, that's a, that's that's Sean for you right there. I, I thought that was pretty uh, very very good. Very cool. That's awesome. So, Ryan, we discussed earlier, I'm from Colleyville. You live in Colleyville now. Um, so you're a Cowboys fan, is that right? I've been a Cowboys fan all my life. Um, obviously, I'm a, I'm a Saints <laughs> fan through Sean and mm. Nicky Loomis there. And, you know, I've gotten to know Drew Brees a little bit, too. So uh, I've got some black and gold in me. So, of course, that brings the question, when the Cowboys play the Saints on September 29th, who are you going to be rooting for? Because I know who I'm going to be rooting for, but who are you going to be rooting for? Remember, this is a Saints podcast. Yeah. <laughs> be aware I'll of your audience. Wear my, I'll probably wear my A&M shirt. Okay. okay. <laughs> Just bi- completely biased. <laughs> we were in the suite with uh, all of his friends, everybody here in Dallas for the game this past year. and I made sure and went very neutral. That's but, uh yeah, and no, I'll, I'll I'll cheer both ways and um, just hope for a good game. And you know, obviously, I'm I'm there on on Sean's side through and throughout. So, uh, but it always it's always a fun time, and we always look forward to coming to the game. And I'm sure we're going to see you guys in September. Well, Ryan, um, I, before we let you go, um, I am friends with Ron and Amanda DeBruzzo. I hear that you are mutual friends. I will be spending 
the weekend with them up at the Kentucky Derby. Um, oh boy, they, it should be a lot of fun. My dad trains uh, uh, a couple horses for them. Uh, last year's Oaks contender, uh, Chocolate Martini, and they talked about how great your foundation is. So I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about your foundation and how it all got started. Yeah, no, Ron's a Ron's a good guy. I've known Ron through a mutual friend for quite some time now, but uh, they all come in for our charity event and support it very heavily. It's, it's awesome what they do. But now uh, what we do here in Dallas-Fort Worth is provide a lot of dental care for kids who can't afford it. Um, my wife my wife being a dentist. Mm-hmm. And now with um, the breast cancer stuff, she obviously just went through. We we started doing stuff. We're going to provide a, a mobile mammogram unit for you know those ladies who can't afford to get out there and, and get their mammograms, you know, just because early detection is, is, is crucial. It's oh, huge. It and um, But it's pretty cool what we do with the dentistry side of it. And you know, we do a lot of work in Amarillo where I grew up. That's where it all started with my dad. And, uh, you know, we're lucky to have some great doc- doctors on board that do a lot of this, that take care of these kids who need this necessary dental work to, um, you know, boost self-esteem and, and give them a life and a smile they can look, look in the mirror at. And so it's, uh, it's fun to be able to give that to these kids. Yeah, that's awesome. wonderful. Uh, Ryan, who took the Zurich Classic trophy home? I know it was a big flirt lead. Did you let John take it or did you take it? Well, they gave us these belts for right. our trophy. They, the, I think it's, just, it's a one trophy they keep there. Oh, okay. So uh, we, we're going to look to try to get one. I'd love to have that uh, trophy here as well. So uh, hopefully we can get a replica or something. So, uh, But, no, the belts are pretty cool. My son was very excited when he knew he was getting the belt. <laughs> I think he's more excited about it than I was. That's a heck of a trophy. So, uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty neat. Well, Ryan, this is your fourth tour win, first time winning the Zurich. Um, what's next for you? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited what the future holds. Uh, we've got the AT&T Byron Nelson next week, and then um, you know, we're off to the PGA Championship and uh, at Beth Page up in New York, and then I'm home for my home event, the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial. Awesome. Um, I'm, James and I are both members there, so it's a very special week. And, you know, we usually end up getting Sean down here for a few days Ooh. to watch, so uh, hopefully we'll see him. And um, But, yeah, no, it's a good stretch coming up, and, it's nice uh, having a win in your back pocket each term we go to now. So uh, it's going to be a very special year and a lot of fun here in the future. Well, make sure you keep some Skittles in your back pocket, too. I think we're going to find Skittles everywhere we go now. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Ryan, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, good luck, and we hope to see you here in New Orleans soon, especially on September 29th. I look forward to being there. And as a Cowboy fan, I'll give a hoodad out there to all the Saints fans. There it so, is. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ryan. Continuing on the path of winners from this past weekend, we now welcome in WBA and WBC title winner Regis Progray. Regis, welcome into Studio B. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Regis, I know you were a Katrina transplant, right? Yes. Yes, ended up in Houston. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about how you got your start in boxing. So, um, I I feel like I'm more just like, a lot of people that just had their start by I was just a, a fighter, a street fighter. Mm-hmm. I always was rough, always growing up. I played every sport you can name, um, but it was something about boxing. Like, I just loved it. Like, I love fighting, always fighting. So I grew up on the street in New Orleans, um, like I said, always fighting. And, you know, one of my stories is, like, I played football. I played football in high school, and, 
you know, all the like the football players used to get in the locker room. We used to fight, and then I went to well, I went to thirty five first. My first school, I went to thirty five. So we used to always go in the locker room and fighting and all that type of stuff. And I was just beating people up every week. I was just I kept whooping everybody basically. <laughs> and um, one day the coach came in and he saw me. He watched me, you know, whoop the football players. Well, I was one too, but he saw me um fighting and he pulled me to the side after and he told me like I think you need to quit football and start boxing. No and way. um that was my tenth grade year at thirty five and then I like the next day I quit. I quit football <laughs> and like I went to a boxing gym. I wanted to start boxing. And so that was in the middle of school year. I went to a boxing gym and it was like the hardest stuff I ever did in my life. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. Um but then my grades started dropping, so my mama took me out and then once school ended what May or something like that, then I went back to the boxing gym and of course Hurricane Katrina hit that same yeah, in August. And you said you credited almost Katrina. Obviously, I went through Katrina, so I understand, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, the bad that it was, but also the good things that came from it and mm-hmm. how it kind of changes your um, trajectory for your life. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of talk about you, you kind of credit it because you end up in Houston mm-hmm. and you're training with um, Hollyfield, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hollyfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's why, like, I just, Katrina was a good thing for me just because of. Um, if it never happened, like I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. I don't know what where I'll be at if Hurricane Katrina didn't happen, basically. So, um, yeah, when I moved to Houston, um, I was 16 the first time that I moved back. I was 17, and I was just around like all these great fighters, and mm-hmm. it just made me realize like I could do it too. You know, I was around Holyfield was you know he he was at the end of his career at the time, but he was still Holyfield. You know, yeah. somebody that made like. $500 million <laughs> in boxing in the 80s, you know. So for for me to be around that, it was just like inspiration. So, um, yeah, and that's why I really could um, credit Katrina because if it wasn't for Katrina, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. So you said you were kind of like kicking butt in the locker room, but you go from football, a team sport, to then boxing, which is your kind of own individual sk- mm-hmm. sport, and you said it was the most challenging thing. So did you kind of like you were, were you inspired by rising to that challenge and kind of taking it upon yourself to be the best person that you could be? Mm-hmm. Whereas you go from being a team sport to kind of your own individual sport? Well, you know what? Like, growing up, that's a good question because growing up, like, I never felt like I was a team player. <laughs> like, that's the thing. I never, like, even when, like, I always felt like I was, like, as far as, like, on a team, I always felt like I was, like, the outcast because I want to I wanna shine, basically. Right. So, <laughs> Like when so when like um fast forward a couple of years when we was when I was like in the amateur tournaments and stuff in Texas, like we'll go as a team, but of course like you go as a as a whole boxing team, but you know, it's an individual sport at the same time. So we'll all go to like nationals and stuff like that and like I'll see everybody, like, they'll fight. And, and my whole thing was, like, I want to outshine everybody. And it's the same thing right now. Like, when I fight, I want to outshine everybody. So, we'll, like I said, we'll go to nationals and, you know, you got some of our teammates we losing and stuff, and I just can't wait till my turn. Like, watch. Watch what I'm going to do. So, I always felt like growing up, I just wasn't – I wasn't a part of the team. You know, when I played basketball, when I played football – Cause I didn't know like my, cause it's, you have to you have to be a role player basically, you know. So I just wasn't, I don't know. I just couldn't play that role. I was always my own role basically. I had to always do my own thing. So it it wasn't for me. It wasn't a hard transition. It was just like, you know, I just felt like some people just that's what they meant for. Some people meant for team sports and some people meant for just individual sports. 
There's no I in team, but there is in Regis. So, <laughs> um, so right now you have the WBC title and the WBA uh, mm-hmm. title. So you, mm-hmm. this is your first world title and the first one in New Orleans in 54 years, right? Yes. So what was kind of the emotion that you felt going into it and then immediately after kind of realizing that you had this, you had accomplished this huge feat? Yeah, um, going into it, I was like a little, uh, I was, I think a little nervous, of mm-hmm. course, you're going to be a little nervous, you know, going into a fight because it's like, this is like, I'm a world champion, you know, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's a crazy feeling because ever since you start, ever since you're young, that's what you want, you know, this is like huge, like every kid, that's every boxer, they want to be a world champion and like, I'm a world champion, so it's crazy, it's just like, you know, same thing, you know, winning the Super Bowl or winning a champ, NBA championship, it's the, it's the same thing, it's the biggest thing you could accomplish yeah. in my sport. And so, um, yeah, it's just I, I still sometimes I still can't even believe like I only won it a couple of days ago, but mm-hmm. still, I still can't believe like I'm a world champion. Right. So it's it's an incredible feeling. To our casual fan, can you explain the difference between WBC, WBA, and then the World Boxing Super Series and kind of what that means and you mm-hmm. know what you're kind of fighting for in the in the end game? Yeah. So all right, the WBC. It stands for World Boxing Council. That's a sanctioning body. So it's four belts, right? It's four major titles in in um in boxing. Four ma- the major ones. They have all kinds of little small ones and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's four. We're only focused on majors. Made definitely okay. all all focus on majors, right? So WBC, WBA, IBF, and the WBO. That's the four majors. Um, so they have, and it's kind of confusing because so that in every weight class, it's four champions, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, like I say, it's it's those four, and then right now I'm fighting the World Boxing Super Series. So that's it's only it's a it's basically it's like tournament style, um, because in boxing you have it's a lot of loopholes that you can do. You can get around things, and it's a lot like I say, it's a lot of loopholes. Champions don't have to fight other champions, but in this World Boxing Super Series, it's like it's a tournament style, just like amateurs to where you have to fight, and um, yeah, it's 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 kind of hard. Yeah, but for the casual fan that don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. But it's four, it's four world champions out. So it's three other world champions out there right now, okay. basically. But right now, I'm considered the best, like by everybody. Um, I have, I have the WBC diamond title, and I have the W. I just won the what WBA, yeah, the WBA. Because <laughs> some I forget this. There's all a lot of, of acronyms. Yeah. It's fine. So WBA world champion, and um, right now I'm considered number one in the world right now. By Being. ESPN, by the Ring, by Yahoo, by all of New that's Orleans, crazy. Everybody, everybody in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm number one in the yeah. world right now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So number one in the world, undefeated. I mean, do you use that? Is that pressure? A lot of pressure? Do you, does that make you nervous, or is it just motivation for you? It's motivation. You know, yeah. um, sometimes it could feel like pressure, but at the same time, for me, I just I just want to keep proving that I'm the like I'm. I'm I'm the best and I'm getting better and better and better. I just love the sport more than anything. So, um I just just like I said when I was younger when I was on the team sport, I didn't know my role, but when I get in my individual sport, I just yeah. I want to shine every time, you know. I want to be the best fight of the night all the time. So, you know, even now like when I was when I was coming up when I was um like the undercar fighters, uh, undercar fighter, I wanted to still outshine the main event. Now I'm the main, my, the main event, and I still want to outshine everybody fighting on the undercar. I always want to, you know, be be the best, basically. 
I was going to say, you're a Southpaw, which mm-hmm. I actually am too. And so um, what advantages come with that? And um, what makes you, I guess, harder to prepare for um, when the, you, you talked about when they look at film, they can't, there's, you, you know, they can't break you down. And yeah. so kind of what advantages to maybe someone who doesn't understand the advantages of being a Southpaw in the boxing ring, what, what, what do you bring to the table? So um, it's, it's definitely a big advantage of being a Southpaw, but now it's, it's like, it's so many Southpaws out yeah. there right now. Yeah. Like if you, if you go back like 50 years ago, like nobody ever wanted to fight a Southpaw because it was just like, you, you can't prepare for them. You can't even like, you can't, it's, it's hard to prepare for a Southpaw. Now it's so many. It's, I mean, it's just a bunch of, them. but for me, like just being a Southpaw is, is definitely an advantage. I mm-hmm. feel like an advantage, but not even just that. I feel like me, just as a person, like you can't study me. Just like I said, you know, I told people you can't study me because I can do so many different things in the ring. I can change up styles, and you know, um, just like Tyson said, like once you get hit, you can't. You know, all the game plan always goes out the way, and like I hit real hard, mm-hmm. so that's why like it's hard to. Really, it's a good like, quality to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard. I hit real, but I hit really hard. Yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw how many knockouts. Yeah, yeah. A lot of fighters hit hard, but I hit really, really hard. And I know when to hit people at the right time. So it's not about just how hard you hit. It's about, like, the right spot at the right time, the, the timing, the placement. So I actually, I belong, um, I just started uh, title boxing. So yeah. I belong. And I used I, to work there. No way. Okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah, Jules nice Scott is one mm-hmm. of my favorite uh, trainers there right now. But, um, uh you know, as a boxer, I guess, you know, going through that workout is, I mean, just doing that workout, which is nothing compared to what you go through. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the most important quality? Like, would you say like footwork, speed, core? What is, as, you talk about as far as the workout? Or you talk about as far as the no, as being uh, being a successful boxer. What what do you think is the most important aspect? Like quickness or physical or mental? Uh, phys- let's do physical. Physical, yeah. Um, physical. Oh, you gotta have so much stuff. Everything starts with the footwork. Yeah, let's just put it like that. Everything starts with your feet, but you have to have so many different things. That's why it's just so hard because you have to have so many different things, and you don't have to be. The good thing about it, you don't have to be an athlete to yeah. be a good fighter. You don't have to be an athlete. Like you, you have some sports that you have to like. If you look at basketball, I feel like you have to be a good athlete to play basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, but in boxing, you don't have to be a real good athlete, but you have to be. It's different between being a good athlete and being a good fighter. Just okay. being a good fighter. So, um, I think the first thing is, uh, it's it's a lot of important attributes you have to have. But the first thing is footwork. You got to start with your feet. Everything starts with your feet. So, in your fight with Khalil, Khalil Relic, um, so you, he you gave him his first knockout, right? I knocked him out. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like you have a lot of firsts in your career. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like yeah. you've given a lot of guys their firsts, right? First L. First L. First yeah. Knockout. First drop. All that stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> like when people fight me, I like I'm different. Like I'm definitely a different like you hit harder. type. Yeah, I hit way harder, and it's not about just like I said, it's not about just hitting hard. It's just about like I know where to put them at. I know where to put my shots at, and it's something like. I don't know if I just have it or if it comes from studying or what, but I just know, like, I know how to – it sounds bad, but I'm good at hurting people. Like, I'm really, really good at, like, hurting people. I don't know why. It, it does, like – yeah, it sounds like that, but I am. I'm really, really good at that. Really good at just hurting people. <laughs> it's really funny when you say that. <laughs> Another first that you had was you had your son in, in the ring with you for the first time, right? Yeah. Well, Has he come he... ring walk. Yeah, he came out with the ring. Yeah, that was, like, cool. He actually came out with that idea. So, yeah, that was, like, yeah, my wife was, like, about to cry and stuff. She And she don't get nervous for fights, but yeah. she was, like, 
with that that was like it was real 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 cool has he stopped talking about that moment he loved it he kept wanting <laughs> what they told me he kept he wanted to come every every round he was like can i go with my dad can i go with my dad can i go now and she was like no you gotta like wait till the fight is over but he wanted to come he was like so excited he had his hands up the whole time and he was like swinging in the ring and like yeah he he was like yeah he was real excited he he, he like they look at it's it's crazy because my like my kids look at me like like i'm a like a superhero you are to them you are yeah but like to a lot of people but like when when your kids are superhero when your kids look it's a it's a different feeling Mm -hmm. when your kids look at you like that like my daughter says like you read this program like that's a crazy crazy feeling you know when your daughter like yeah you read this program like i'm I'm your daddy but i'm yeah but i read this program but you know i'm still your daddy yeah basically so i'll you know i'll I'll whoop some butt yeah exactly (laughs) so i mean we're here in studio b so i guess it's only fair to ask saints pelicans fan both both of them definitely both of them yeah definitely both of them we um actually um saints saints players kamara um he came to the fight um alfred alfred actually you know he bought tickets for all the kids at um in lafayette so Yeah, definitely a fan of both. Alfred's big New Orleans guy. Yeah. Um, do you think you're gonna come out to any games this year? You gonna be training? Uh, it depends. It all depends. Um, yeah, it all depends because you know I don't I I live in Houston. Right. Um. So, okay, so that's your home now. Well, for now, for course. maybe for a few more weeks, I'm a, I'm actually about to move to LA now. Okay. So. Oh, big shot. Yeah, I big love timer. it out there. Yeah, I love. It. But I'm getting some houses built here too, so okay. I'll still be. I'm always here, in and out, always. And one last thing, talking about your ca- new campaign, uh, Legacy, uh, Legacy Never Dies. Can you just touch on that and what that means? Um, Legacy Never Dies is just like, it, it is, it, that's it, basically, you know, because um, it's, for me, it's like, it, it doesn't, like the legacy, it, it never dies, and that's what I'm doing it for, you know, like when we all done, when we, when we all ashes, you know, I'll still be talked about. That's what kind of what I do, like, why I do it basically now, you know, um, when I, I, I'm, I'm a big student of the game, like, of, of course, of boxing. And if you look at, you know, people like Ali and Ray Robinson and Henry Armstrong, these people have been there years now and, you know, we still talking about them. And that's, for me, that's what I want to do. Same thing, you know, be talked about. Ali is on the belt right there. And, you know, he'll basically, he'll never die, you know, so that's kind of, you know, that's where that come from. Is this you right next to Ali on the belt? That's me. Yeah. Is that like next how to cool Ali. is that? Yeah, to that's see crazy. Y'all yeah. right next to each other. Yeah, that's is that a, just kind of like placement of things on the belt like that? That's how. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how right there. That's that's a legacy right yeah, there. Yeah, that's definitely legacy. Yeah, I'll have those forever. Yeah, I'll have those belts. I'll be a world champion forever. You know, you can't take it. Even if like I sell the belts, I'll still be known as right. like world champ, champ of the world forever for the for the rest of my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. One last question: uh, What is Rougarou? Rougarou, you supposed to know Rougarou? No, I don't know. I don't know Rougarou. You got it. You got to tell me. We, we, it's it's like the Swamp Monster. Right? Yeah, okay. it's like the. Yeah. Yeah, she's not like, from here. From she's not from oh, here. Okay, yeah, from yeah. She's All some right. Texas. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah, it's like the Swamp Monster. It's, uh, um, you were chasing some Swamp Monsters on your Instagram yesterday. Are you I'm, not scared I'm going of being? Back today. Are you not scared of being bit by an alligator? I'm definitely not. I don't know why. Something wrong. I mean, with you me. hit hard. You know where to hit alligators too, right? I don't know where to hit an alligator. Okay. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't know where to hit an alligator. I just don't care. I want one. That's I just awesome. want to catch one. So, so after bad. you take care of that alligator, who do, who do you want to fight next? Um. So yeah, I probably first off probably want to fight the refs from the 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 game, the Saints game, right? Oh uh, right, right. Yeah, the because Saints they game, messed the over us. exactly right because we was definitely supposed to be Super Bowl champions, you yeah. know, because I think we would have beat the Patriots. 
For I real. Think, I think you would probably win in that fight. <laughs> yeah, I would have whooped him. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the next fight is supposed to be the winner out of Ivan Baranchek and Josh Taylor. And um, hopefully we can bring it back to New Orleans. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us in Studio Regis. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing your next fight and following you through. Thank you. Appreciate you. Big thanks to Regis for coming in studio. A lot to look forward to this offseason for the Pelicans, uh, especially with the addition of David Griffin on staff. Um, next week, we will have a podcast with Daniel Salerson and Jim Eichenhofer. They're always a fun listen. Uh, they'll be covering the NBA lottery. Um, and then we have draft lottery on May 14th. So a lot to look forward to um, in the offseason for both teams. Ashley, anything in particular that you're looking forward to in the offseason? Any vacation plans? Now's the time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think from a team standpoint, you definitely have to look forward to where's this Pelicans team going. Yeah. You know, so many moves are being made right now. Where, what's going to, you know, what's in store, yeah. really? It's an exciting time, it you is. know, this a very a kind of unknown, but it's like an exciting unknown. And, um, you know, with the Saints, you, you, you look at such a positive draft that they had and building off of last year's momentum, hopefully. And, you know, I think it's just a really exciting time to be a New Orleanian sports fan. Absolutely. Well, a lot to look forward to. Be sure to keep an eye out on pelicans.com as well as neworleansaints.com. Follow both teams on social media platforms. They will be sure to keep you up to date with everything that you need to know. Um, and until training camp, this is our last podcast. So, Ashley, it's been fun looking forward to rejoining you uh during training camp maybe we'll have a nice little facelift for the podcast can't wait